0: Welcome to this week's episode of Atlantic Tales, when we'll hear from professional representational artist and author Tomas O'Muel Downig. Tomas O'Muel Downig was born and raised in Limerick City's medieval quarter close to the iconic King John's Castle. Tomas spent much of his childhood on the River Shannon and enjoyed what he describes himself as something akin to a hook fin lifestyle. With no shortage of inspiration in Limerick, he was painting from a young age and managed to keep that up even while he worked in the public service. Thomas took a career break from which he never
1: returned and later moved to County Clare. I come from what's called a traditional boating family. If anybody knows Limerick, at the end of the mill road there used to be a series of wooden cottages and there were fishermen's huts. Actually we still have a plot of land there where we keep our boats. We used to have what was known as the gandlows which were flat bottom boats and we also had the angling cots. For years and years my mother used to send us off on the summer's morning. We'd be gone all day. I'm the eldest of nine, by the way. There were six boys, so I'm the eldest. We'd often have three or four boys, and we'd all go off boating. We'd be gone all day, and we'd come back late at night. We'd be tired, starving, like any set of young fellows. For years then, we used to get involved in the traditional boating regattas in Limerick City. The regattas used to involve, uh, the most unusual thing was we used to do polling races. So polling races where you'd have three lads standing up on a narrow boat and you'd have to pole up against the current and you'd have to pole up against over the falls. That's what we used to do for years and years. They used to be around the parish race and our major achievement as a family was that we won the Around the Parish one year in the early 80s. We were involved in setting up regattas and running regattas and they used to used to be about five or six regattas, traditional regattas around the city. And you'd have regattas in Coabelley and in Plassie and various ones around Limerick, but the the polling is the part I used to really love. So even though we had four or five boats in the family, I never got interested in fishing. I wasn't interested in fishing, just like being out in the water. And then I had to grow up and got a job working in Limerick Corporation, as it used to be called. So in Limerick Corporation, I was there for about 15 or 16 years where I met my missus. I was so lucky and we're still together, which is even luckier. But then in the public service, there's a thing called a career break, so you can take a career break for one year, two years and eventually it was five years. They wrote out to me and asked me was I coming back and I had a thought about it and the kids were small and I was kind of a home house parent and I was still, I was painting away all the time. I was always painting uh, from the 70s. I was involved in the Limerick Art Society and used to exhibit with them in the 70s. But um, But
0: where did the art start for you? Was it in school? The art started in school
1: because in Limerick the art gallery used to be over Where the library was which was in Perry Square and I I used to go to school in what was called the Red Tech in O'Connell Avenue and I used to love kind of diverting into the library and I'd pick out my art books and there was a small little room off to the side of the library. There was a library and museum combined and there was a section where there was an art gallery and I used to wander in around the arts and so that's where I got my interest in arts because nobody in my family has no history of visual artists in my family. A number of my family play music and my two sons both play music. Unfortunately I'm tone deaf and it was not an area I could pursue. So anyway, I got involved in in the arts there and I joined the Limerick Art Society which is one of the oldest art societies in the country and I've, I've been exhibiting with them ever since and I'm still with them despite all that. I applied for art college, I got into art college but then due to financial circumstances had to find a job because I couldn't really survive being in an student. So I worked in the council for about 16 years and then I took my career break. But I've always been fascinated with the river and wildlife and all that and I, and I love the idea of being able to sit and paint and all that. I'm lucky that what could have been a hobby for a lot of people turned out to be my full-time professional. So, but as a professional you still have to do what the customer wants. So. Not all of them want pictures of, pretty pictures of, of riverside scenes. You know, they want portraits, they want pictures of their horses, they want something like that. So I do all that kind of thing.
0: But a young fella on the river, You were concentrating more on having fun than looking at King John's Castle, the lovely bridges, the treaty stone and all of that.
1: I used to love the scenery because when you're out on the river and early in the morning you get fabulous reflections and you get to see incredible colours. You know, there's the golden hour. In It's the same in photography. It's the first hour in the morning and the last hour in the evening. That's in the summertime. But in Ireland... There's three months of the winter where the sun is low, so you're getting lovely colours in the winter as well. So I, I used to love that. But when we were kids, it was more kind of a hook-fin life. We, we, we'd we go out boating and camping, and we'd be gone all day. And uh, there was an island there, Thomas's Island, and we'd camp there overnight as long as we told our parents exactly where we were, yeah. otherwise there'd be war. But I um, was always interested in art. I always sketched. I always had crayons or pencils or something because it was like some people need to sing songs or some people need to dance I always needed to sketch or have a sketch pencil with me or something like that so
0: and was art encouraged in school did you have art classes in school
1: not really when I when I went to the tech which was a secondary school there was an art class but it was really referred to as the DOS class so I'd be the only one or maybe one or two who'd be actually sketching or doing whatever projects there And the rest of them would be kind of using it then to sit back and enjoy life and talk about the the girls or whatever it was they were talking about. No, I used to take it quite seriously. I was quite boring, really, when I think of it.
0: When you were in the council then or in the corporation as it was in Limerick, were you painting at that time as well at that stage?
1: Oh, yes, I always painted. I wouldn't have painted that much because when I was fascinated with oil painting back then and oil painting... When you didn't have a studio, I mean, it took a while to set it up, and then you'd paint, and then you'd have to clear everything and put it all away. I bought myself a house when I was working in the council. It was a council house I actually bought, it was a cheap house. And it was there I could set up a studio and I could leave all my paints out and my easel out. And I actually produced a lot more work then. At that stage, I, was, I used to get commissioned to paint scenes or paint people or things like that, you know. Because I, I have the ability to get likenesses, I can get portraits, I'm a portrait, I can be a portrait artist, or I am when I want to be a portrait artist, and I can, I can representatively paint something that you can visually see, and you, can, you know that what this, that that's what the scene is, that kind of thing. And that's basically what my bread and butter has been for the last 30
0: years. Well, the very first time you started sketching art painting, as a young fella, or as a teenager, or as an adult, what were you painting?
1: It was probably boats, boat scenes, I just because I spent so much time on boats, uh, probably anglicuts and Gendlows mainly, because um, they were the type of boats you'd see around Limerick. Um, um, I, I painted a few of the, the big ships in the docks um, years and years ago because they used to be a fairly thriving harbour at that stage. But it's kind of all changed now. Everything is more or less basically goes into fines now and it tends to be container ships and things like that. But when I was a kid, I really loved, I loved the, the being by the river and, and the, the wildlife you can see by the river and that kind of thing. And of course, in Limerick City, is well famous for its horses. So there was always horses you could paint as well. There was seemed to be horses in every field around where I was living, you know.
0: Loads to paint, as you say, in Limerick and painting all the time even during your working life maybe not as much and as a young fellow presumably you never thought you'd be a professional artist or did that occur to you
1: it did occur to me because i applied to art college to go into art college but then when i got into art college i never attended I, obviously i got the letter telling me i you know i've been accepted but then when i sat down and did the maths because i was the eldest of nine my father worked in cie so there was very little money when you worked it all out it, the match didn't work you know because there would have been no grants back then or if there were very little grants you kind of have to contribute back to the family so I did work at that stage but anyway I, I don't regret it I'm quite happy with the way things are you know the way, way things turned out
0: When you were younger and you were painting had your people and um, keeping in mind nobody else in the family was artistic were there people there encouraging you saying that's nice that's lovely
1: Oh, yes. Family is great. They always encourage you, and no matter how bad it is, they tell you it's fantastic. (laughs) It may not be true, and it probably wasn't true, but it is encouraging, and you like to think that what you are creating is worthwhile, and it is worth the effort. The the thing about about visual art is, once you paint it, it's there forever. Music, it's gone unless it's recorded, uh, and I love live music. uh, my family are big into music. That's the thing about art, it's there forever. And sometimes your bad art is also there forever, <laughs> you know, which is a downside.
0: Did you ever keep any of the art that you had growing up?
1: What happens is every so often I look at art and I say, that's terrible. And I would be embarrassed by it and I might just destroy it. Or if it was something like oil paintings or something you could actually paint over it. But nowadays I've kind of come to the conclusion that most stuff, if you paint, you paint it and it's of a reasonable condition, somebody will want it, somebody will buy it. So I tend to hang on to it now, uh, whereas before I'm kind of regretting. I didn't hang on to some of my early sketches and my early attempts because I would have liked to be able to see the progression in style and skill and ability over the years. But sure, that's life, You think of these things afterwards.
0: You mentioned, Tomás, earlier how you took the career break from the corporation. Why was that? Was it to do with your art or was it family related?
1: It was family related. I had two kids, we, were, we had moved to Ennis. We had actually moved in, into this house and we were traveling in and out, both my wife and myself, we were working in Limerick and she ended up in Tipperary and then she ended up in Clonmel. And it just wasn't feasible for the two of us to continue working and to be honest I kind of jumped at the idea that I could spend my time home with the kids then when they were gone off to school or whatever I could do my painting and that kind of thing so it was from there that really my the essence of my professional life and my professional work kind of started from there because at that stage then it became important to paint the kind of art that will sell. I re- regard myself as a kind of a jobbing artist. I will paint an old boot if somebody will pay me enough money to do it, you know? <laughs> because, like, it's alright being the precious artist, but if you're not selling art and you're not contributing to the household and you're not paying the bills and you have mortgages and everything, it doesn't work. And my minor achievement in life is i've never been on social welfare in my life at the same time i've been lucky enough that i've never needed you know so i've always managed to do whatever the customer wants you know if the customer wants me to paint a particular picture to pay
0: the bill that's what i'll do at what point then did you start earning as an artist was that pretty straight away or was it hard work to get to that point
1: It was hard work because you have to build up a little bit of a reputation. I was lucky enough because I generally painted landscapes and things like that, I would have sold them while I was working because when you start painting stuff, you kind of realize what sells and what doesn't sell. For me, anyway. Back then, it would be when I was in Limerick, I'd be painting, say, for instance, scenes of Limerick. King John's Castle and the Treaty Stone were very popular when I was first started off, and then when I moved to Clare, it was a lot of Clare scenes. And and I love Clare and I love all the different, I love the burn and all that kind of thing. But the way I see it is there's a lot of hype about art and being an artist, and fair enough for those people who can sit back and wait for the muse and kind of sit around in cafes and chat about art and never really produce a whole lot. But at the same time, you know, they're waiting for the big break, that kind of thing. Whereas I suppose my attitude is I'm a working artist and I paint what the customer wants. At this stage, I'm a pensioner, so I, I'm not under pressure anymore. The mortgage is gone. The kids are finished school, uh, finished college, and I can paint what I want at this stage, you know. So I, I am and funny enough. <laughs> I'm still painting landscapes. Let's go into Moss maybe and go upstairs to your studio. So what are you painting nowadays? Well, I have a lot of interests, uh, a lot of what I call different streams of income. Um, so I, from portraits to horses to equine art, I call it. Uh, and at the moment, then I'm trying to put an exhibition together on Kerry. So I have a number of Kerry paintings. Um, actually, I'm bringing you into my living room. I'm going to show you a painting. This one was used as a Christmas card for, a ho- for years and years by for n- people like Caracalla and all the, They're my two little lens building the A snow snowman in there. In front of the courthouse. In house. front of the courthouse. In Ennis. In Ennis, yeah. So I did that fantastic. It, oh, about 25, 30 years ago and it's been used. Uh, still being used. Still being used in different cards and all wow. sorts of things at this stage, you know. My studio is upstairs as you can see. I have Very a good. wide range of paintings up here that I'm working on. So... As you can see, I'm aiming at, 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 at trying to get about 30 pictures of Kerry together at the moment. So I have a number of... This is Torque Waterfall. That's O'Sullivan's Cascade. That's a place called Derry Cunny. That waterfall down there is the uh, Tower Waterfall or Isnamuckie, as it used to be called, Waterfall. And uh, I've got various pictures of the various red deer and all that kind of thing. I'm working on that at the moment. And which is kind of a slow undertaking. Hopefully, I'm aiming to have it finished by the end of this year, middle of this year, anyway, hopefully. And then I'll have an exhibition on Kerry because I've had, I think I've had about 35 solo exhibitions at this stage and I'm constantly exhibiting them with different art groups all over the place and over the years.
0: And when you arrived in Clare first... Did you get involved with other artists and groups?
1: When I arrived in Clare first, I got involved with an organisation called the Clare Crafts Association. They used to have a number of art fairs around the country. They used to have one in the Temple Gate. They're still around. They're still operating. And I was with them for a number of years. And I used to bring around my paintings and I used to have cards and portraits and various little bits and pieces that people were interested in and I used to sell them at the various fairs. When I was there then I got got to meet a number of local Clare artists because prior to this I would have known a lot of the Limerick artists and we were having a chat at some stage and we were saying that wouldn't it be great if we had an artist group because there was no artist group in Clare at the time. So anyhow, we set up a group called the Inish Artists and the Inish Artists are there a little over 20 years at this stage. We kind of keep the numbers down to about 15 because it's to do with venues because if every artist produces or two paintings per venue that's 30 paintings and a lot of the venues we do would hold maybe a max of 30 paintings rather than having a larger group and then disappointing people because you can't exhibit their work so we generally that's what we decided and the other thing is as you can see here trying to get 30 paintings together is a big undertaking. It's a very time-consuming and financially can be quite difficult as well. So it's easier if you have a group because then if we're having an exhibition, like for instance in the English Artists now, we have exhibitions in Clonmel and Mount Melik and Cork, wherever it is. Instead of us all... Travelling down to Cork for the exhibition, we would just make it one or two people would bring all the paintings down, would set up the exhibition. And then when the exhibition is over, we get one or two different people would come and collect it instead of having 30 people doing it or instead of you doing it completely all on your own. You know, you'd, you'd have maybe three or four people would, would, would do it. So it works. It's a sort of a cooperative. As, as a group, we have a permanent exhibition in Skycourt in Shannon. We're also in uh, Bonretti And we exhibit in a few restaurants around around uh, Clare as well. So it's
0: easier exhibiting as a group. Oh, yeah. For this particular Exhibition in Killarney, you're putting 30 of your own paintings together. You're saying that's difficult. Is that because you have the paintings, but you can't decide what to bring?
1: Well, I don't have all the paintings yet. I don't have all the paintings I want. And as you can see, the kind of paintings I do are very detailed and very, very time consuming. So you can't just turn out a painting in a day you know, not the kind of paintings I do, I do representational paintings. I'm trying to be as accurate as possible to the actual scene that's before me. So that takes time. So it would take me, because, and then there's the size of the paintings as well, because these ones are quite large. They're kind of two foot by three foot. They're all going to take time. So if any artist, not just me, would find that difficult to, to kind of put an exhibition together. But hopefully, Fingers crossed! I'll get it finished by the end of this year, unless I get distracted uh, doing some <laughs> other things, which could easily happen. Just like be it. on the radio. Yeah,
0: like be <laughs> on the radio. Yeah. Tell me more then about the Kerry exhibition. How that came about.
1: It's funny, really, for years and years, uh, as, uh, when I was in Limerick, we used to visit Kerry, different parts of Kerry and all that kind of thing. But I was always fascinated with the scenery and the landscapes in Kerry because for years I've been painting scenes of, say, the Burren and Galway and Connemara. And I also paint up in, at Side because I like painting on the Shannon. Anyhow, because my son got a job working in Killarney there a number of years ago and he's moved on since. But when, when I used to go down to visit him in Killarney, he used to bring us walking ar- around Killarney and all that kind of thing. He used to bring us up the Cardiac Hill, as it was called, a very apt name, actually, because a lot of steps involved. So I got kind of interested again in Killarney. So I said, you know, I've done my exhibitions of Dublin and all around the country. And I said, you know, I might as well try and get, I'd like to get one of Killarney because it's not an area that i go to all the time anyhow as an artist i've decided to give myself a bit of leeway and time and i'm going to focus on this this is one of my focuses at the moment there's going to be an exhibition in Kerry we'll see how it turns out cuz when people start off exhibitions you may have one vision in your mind and then you might something might click and you might go off in a slight tangent so I'll wait and see how it turns out but in the meantime then I'm working away on commissions and things like that as well.
0: Exhibitions then generally Tomas how important have they been for you? Well
1: you have to display your art otherwise the public won't get to know that they exist like I have a website and I'm on Facebook and a few other bits and pieces the exhibitions are great because you people get to see the original work and they can see the quality and style up close and they can they can almost smell the paint, that kind of thing. Whereas online, sometimes this kind of can be hard to judge the quality of a painting online. Um, but where you go to an exhibition, you can actually see the painting. That's why I'm always encouraging people to go to real exhibitions if they can manage it at all. Go into the real art galleries and have a look. And sometimes members of the public come in here and have a look at paintings and see what they have and see what might be of interest or not of interest. Cause all forms of art is all personal. So some people will like certain styles of art and some people will just hate it or stay with music and food and fashion and whatever it is on so you have to let the public know what you're doing and as an artist you have to be exhibiting so that you can make a little bit of a name for yourself a little bit of, and get a bit of representation I'm lucky I have been with a number of commercial galleries for a number of years I think I'm with Tom Kenny's in Galway for over 30 years at this stage and I, I, I'm also in uh, the Lynch gallery Used to be Carmel Kenny, but she's retired now. Her daughter, Rosie, has taken it over. She's done a great job. And I'm, I'm in a few other commercial galleries as well, you know. So I sell a certain amount of stuff for my commercial galleries. And then I also have these exhibitions and I would sell a few little. I've never had a complete sellout exhibition, but I've always managed to sell something At whatever exhibition i'm at you know which just covers the costs at least you know at least
0: and will you get the odd call from one of the galleries someone has spotted something and they want to buy it
1: oh yeah or i get a call from someone that they had a particular painting and it sold and would i could i do something similar or something like that that's a regular thing um but at this stage i'm kind of around long enough that i get a certain amount of repeat business you know people who would have bought a painting off me years ago and then they say you know what would could i have another one or something similar or that kind of thing so when you're at this long enough, you build up a little bit of a reputation. Coming up, we'll be
0: back in Tom Downigs Downing's Ennis studio to hear more about his work as a professional representational artist and author.
1: Enjoy
0: the flow. Welcome back to Atlantic Tales. Tomás Umwel Downick was born and raised in Limerick City and spent a lot of his time on the River Shannon. He had been sketching and painting from a young age but didn't immediately pursue art. He worked for several years in the public service but took a career break from which he never returned deciding instead to pursue his love of art. Tomás is a full-time professional artist and paints a very broad
1: range of subjects. I have different streams of interests. kind of started off first as landscapes because I was basically, let's face it, I was trying to earn a living and that's what sold. And I wasn't really interested in modern, contemporary, abstract art. That wasn't my interest. I, I like to be refer to myself as a representational artist. So over the years, that's been my mainstay. But then I've also done portraits because I'm lucky enough, I have the ability to get a likeness and not every artist can do that or is even interested in doing that. The other thing I did then from portraits then, I had a number of solo exhibitions and there were figurative stuff because as an artist, I used to train by drawing the figure. So I ended up with a lot of figurative drawings and paintings. So I had a number of figurative exhibitions all around the country. I'm just showing you a sample there that there's a figurative, it's a classical oil figure. So I used to do a lot of these classical exhibitions because as an artist you'd have to apply to various venues to get exhibitions. So if I submitted a portfolio of landscapes to most of the art centers, it would go straight in the bin because they're just not interested because it's not contemporary enough. One day I sent off a folder of figure drawings. And they were accepted because they were kind of seen as being kind of more contemporary for some reason, even though I was painting in a classical form. So uh, over the years, I've, I've exhibited quite a number of figurative type works in various art centres. From I, I did the Bank of Ireland Art Centre. Um, I've done the Tipperary Art Centre. I've done I've done all sorts of things. Limerick City Gallery of Art. I had a solo exhibition there as well, which was just a big achievement for me. Home ground as well. Home ground as well, and I enjoy that. And then as a business guy, then um, you know people would ring me up and they want. they they were interested because I used to sketch horses and they want me to paint their pony, their horse. So I I did a number, a series of of hunt scenes in Clare because I used to enjoy watching all the horses jump, jumping the walls. You know, I'd be standing at this wall and I'm a small little fella. I'm only five and a half feet, but there'd be this wall. It could be six foot high and you'd have 40 horses jumping over the wall. And they all have protectors on on their hoofs, so in case you're thinking the animals are hurt or not. But that wall could be gone by the time the 30, 40 horses have jumped over because they chip off all yeah. the bits of, bits of earth or whatever it is off the wall. Fascinating to watch, and I love all that wildlife painting and all that kind of thing. You refer to industrial art. Well, I saw one painting of a train, another of oh, yeah. a ship. Well, what happened was... Years ago, I was commissioned by a few companies, actually some companies in Shannon, to paint scenes and all that. And somebody referred to industrial portraiture, which was a thing in America, which I had never heard of. So I was, I've was i been commissioned by everything from Pfizer to, in Ring of Skiddy to uh, Wyatt uh, to Aachen to actually paint the factory, which is a kind of a portrait of actually Syntex as it was and then became rush. I was I was uh, commissioned to paint a series of paintings of the factory and they were in the offices for years and years I don't know know. but I have done a number of those industrial portraits as they were called and I I always enjoy them the people who commissioned me especially if I was doing one with lots of pipes I'd have the engineers coming up and telling me that's a 4-inch pipe and not a 6-inch pipe and I said, "But I have <laughs> to have some artistic license, right. you know." So, uh, and I'd have, you know, various things like that. So, I did a, quite a number of those type of commissions over the that years. That was new to you. You hadn't heard of it before. That was an American thing. I had thing. never heard of it, but apparently it was a big thing in, in in America at one stage where the factory owners or whoever it is that runs the factories and they'd want something to brighten up their offices. But instead of, but instead of having landscapes, they want they were proud of their business you know they were proud of what they were achieving of what they were manufacturing it's represented in art but um that's the rain you can <laughs> hear outside Dunk? No? because uh, we got in just in time just in time but um they were fascinated with the idea of of turning what they regard as their everyday life into a work of art because like the trains for instance Iron or Earn asked me at one stage to paint a picture uh, in Port Ellington it was in Port Ellington so I did a series of them and they turned them into prints and they sent. The, I signed all the prints and they sent them around to all the various offices in, in CIE at the time or Ian Iron. I loved the unusual quirkiness of it uh, as well as that it was a very good pair I, you know it was granted a good <laughs> chunk ticket, good chunk out of the monthly mortgage was paid so that was great Like so I have done all that and at this stage I do the landscapes mainly but I do portraits mm. and I do the equine arts I do a certain amount of commission of these subjects as well as that then I, I'm at the moment I'm doing kind of little quirky drawings and kind of little cartoon drawings of what I call urban sketching so I have a series of them of Claire and and they, they're all sold I don't have any to show you which is great you know they're gone and it was that just you deciding I want to do something different well what happens to me as an artist if I'm painting acrylic I, you get stale you get bored with it so then I would change over to watercolours to for something different and then what happened with the urban sketching was I used to do in another life when I was involved in the council I was a cartoonist so I used to do political cartoons uh, and I had them printed in the the, the Union paper uh, it was the LGP issue at the time it was all to do with tax and strikes and all this kind of thing I used to do all these funny things you know uh, and I did a few in the Limerick leader. I think I did one or two for Claire Champion years ago, but it wasn't really my main interest, but I, so I like cartoons and I I would do the odd poster for pantomimes and things like that because I was involved I got involved in the NS Musical Society when I came out here. Did set design. I've done a lot of things actually. Anyway, I, I kind of like the cartoons and then I said, you know, why can't I do something that I get a little bit of a little bit of a quirky whimsical laugh out of so I started doing these street scenes of Ennis and Galway and Athlone all the ones of Ennis are all gone I think there's a few of Galway still there and I think one or two of Athlone but people seem to like them I kind of bend the streets and I bend the dimensions yeah. and I bend the buildings and the perspective is slightly out and it's kind of done in a musical whimsical, whimsical sort of a way and people seem to like them and I like doing them and they're kind of they're you know they're there's, a, there's obviously a certain market for that kind of thing, but it wouldn't be a thing I do full time, you know, because some people think that art has to be very serious and you have to take it very seriously and you have to be committed to it. As I said, I've always regarded myself as a kind of a jobbing artist in that what I, I'll, I'll do whatever the customer wants me to paint. And I'm lucky enough and I, I've kind of over the years, I've picked up the skills I can paint in different styles. I can bend my style to suit a particular subject, that kind of thing. You mentioned acrylics and watercolors. Do you work with any other medium? Well, I work with oils, acrylics, watercolors mainly, but I do pen washes as well. Most of the quirky drawings are actually, they all start off as a pen drawing first, and then I kind of put washes over them and we'll see how it turns out then. Sometimes in a work of art, like in anything, like you're cooking, sometimes they turn out brilliant. And then the odd time then they turn to mud. So I just tear them up and start all over again. But, like, you have to be prepared to say that something is not good enough and then you just destroy it or paint over it. You wouldn't put it aside and come back to it? Sometimes I would. You know, if it was an oil painting or something, now I'd put it aside. And it could be two years and I'd come back to it and I'd say, oh, I know what's wrong there now. Whereas before, I mightn't have spotted what was wrong because I was too focused on it. Whereas at this stage now, I'm painting for... 40 50 years so I've kind of learned most of the tricks at this stage and a lot of it is is like 90 percent of art I used to teach I used to tell people 90 percent of art you can actually learn you can it, you physically can learn the technique anybody can turn out a very accomplished painting it's that small 10 percent, even less the actual concept in the first place you know the composition That's where the the art comes into it. The rest of it is technically learning a technical skill because that's what you do in art college. You learn a technical skill. When I'm teaching people in art class, I people tell me I can't draw a straight line or something, and I say you don't need to draw a straight line. You don't. That's what rulers are for. If you want to draw straight lines, you know. So there's ways around everything, you know. But
0: you have to have an eye and whatever part of the brain as well. There has to be something. There, in there, you as there
1: well. is a certain amount of it, as I said, is to do with the art side of it, and that's where the the art with the capital A comes in. Is where that little bit of imagination comes in, where you can, where the artist can see something. That the general public can see, and it's the artist's interpretation of a particular scene or a particular story or whatever it is. It's just one of those things that you've always have it. You, you, like I was always drawing. When I was a child, I'd have the crayons and the pencils and the bits of paper. I was always scribbling on the back of the copy and in school and that kind of thing. I wasn't the greatest student because I was too busy being distracted by art, you know. (laughs) Uh, But it was great, you know. I've I've had a good life, I can't complain.
0: Let's talk about your portraits. And I checked out the website and I saw Vladimir Zelensky, whether Samuel Beckett and Sinead O'Connor. Those three in particular stood out to me. How important are the portraits to you?
1: Well, I love the portraits. Uh, I've been painting portraits for as long as I can remember. I'm standing here, one of my earliest paintings is of my late father who actually sat for me. And I have a portrait of my father in oils. And he actually sat, he patiently sat as I tried to paint him, It was actually in the living room, but I have it seen set as if it's outdoors. So I've always loved portraits. The downside for portraits, because portraiture isn't really a fashion in Ireland these days. a lot of the portraits I get asked to do are from photographs. And unfortunately they are of deceased people. And while I quite enjoy doing them, they limit you to a certain style of painting because you can't play around with them. You have to kind of, has to look exactly like the person. But you still get people telling me that, but he didn't have those color eyes. And I say, well, no, the photograph, this is the photograph color. And this is exactly, that's the color. But if you want me to change it, I can, you know, that kind of thing. Portraits, I like painting are the ones that I can play around with, that I can, that kind of these expressionistic ones that you were looking at, like the Zelensky and all that, because I played around with the color with those. Whereas if it was a commission and it was somebody's beloved deceased relation, you can't really play around too much with that. You have to more or less stick to what's in front of you. Whereas with other type of paintings, I kind of get more fun out of the other ones because I can introduce colour. I can introduce a certain abstract look to them. I still do portraits, not as much as I used to. I kind of turn them down. now. I try, I try not to do very many of them. You know, I do get people ringing me up. And the, the other downside is people will give you a photograph and it's sometimes it's in a crowd of relations and you get this tiny little picture and it's, it's about the size of a stamp <laughs> and they want to turn it into two foot by three foot. And it says no matter how I blow that up on the computer, it's going to be very grainy. And they don't appreciate that because they're seeing yes. with their mind's eye what the person looked like. Whereas I'm looking at the actual image that's in front of me sometimes it can be you know can be a little bit sad for people when I say that like you know it's not possible to do what you want but you explain
0: it to them but I explain
1: it to them because like it's a big emotional thing for them you know I always enjoy working and I, I always like projects and the more difficult the better I love all the quirky little details in, in paintings that some people, it drives them mad. I, I actually like the details. I like the little quirky little bits, you know, of somebody might have lace in their dress or something. And I, here am I loving drawing the lace on the, re, on the dress, you know. Cause You're going
0: for all the details. I'm going
1: for all the details because I like all that kind of thing. It kind of keeps me entertained. And
0: Bede uh, Zelensky painting and the Sinead Connor were
1: they prompted by... Well, Sinead, the Sinead O'Connor, artists tend to be influenced by what's around them. Like when I'm on the river, I like painting river scenes if I'm up in the mountains or if I'm in Spain, I'll paint a a, a Spanish scene or other something like that. Um, So the Sinead O'Connor, I've done Sinead O'Connor, Dolores O'Riordan. Unfortunately, they are influenced by, they had died at the time and I used to love painting i'm always painting here and i have music on because i have what's called tinnitus so i hear this hissing sound all the time so i tend to have a radio on or something on in the background so i'd often be listening to dolores and the cranberries or um, well I'm from Limerick so Dolores is a big deal yes. So, and if you go to rugby matches you know they're, they're playing zombie, zombie and I love all that so I've done a number of, of Dolores paintings I actually did a demonstration in the Limerick City Gallery of Art and it was on Dolores O'Riordan she had died at time, and I did a, a, a kind of an abstract sort of a painting an expressionist painting with lots of colour instead of a straightforward traditional classical portrait I did like I was showing people how to do this in acrylics you know that kind of thing so I was You know, I enjoy that kind of thing, and I, and I've I've done a number of Beckett and other art, you know, uh, other. Irish poets and all that have done a series of Yeats portraits as well. And they always seem to sell. So yes. they're gone. And,
0: and do you find yourself drawn to someone like Beckett, for example? There's a lot of detail in the face. Oh, yeah. But he, or whatever it might I be. love
1: painting men because men have got all these cracks and crevices. And, you know, they show their age and they show their life. And I love all that. The ladies prefer not to show too many crow's feet, you know, when, when you're paint. Because I've done a number of portraits of ladies and they they prefer not to show that. But you can do it by lighting it in a certain way and then by, you know, you can leave out certain things. If you leave out too much, then you lose the likeness. Whereas the men is great. The men love more and more cracks, the better. Um, they love the grey hair. They love, do you know, the, the kind of hangover eyes. They love all that kind of thing. Whereas the ladies kind of want to look kind of about 10 years younger than they actually are, which I don't mind doing. It's a different style. So yeah. I, I love painting the men. The men are great. I love painting ladies, don't get me wrong, but it's just from a work point of view, from my point of view the challenge, uh, I actually prefer painting the men as such, you know, especially the portraits of men. It's great crack. up. Professional
0: artist, Tommaso Moel Downig, will tell us about his work as an author. Welcome back to Atlantic Tales. Tomás Humuel Downig is from Limerick City. He took a career break from a good job with Limerick Corporation, to which he never returned, deciding instead to pursue a career as a full-time artist. Based in Clare for several decades now, Tomás has provided the artwork for several publications. That
1: side of his work all began with the Book of Clare. There was a company that was looking to put out a book on Clare. Um, it was cottage publications and it was back in 2002 and they rang me up one day and they said uh, would you be interested in doing this because they'd seen my work as in my watercolours of Claire because I do a lot of watercolours and they asked me would I be interested in producing a book of different scenes of Claire and I said oh sure I'd love to have a go to anybody but like he said yeah but I need 40 and I need it in three months and which meant kind of three paintings a week it also meant me having to go to the various places, getting, taking the reference photographs or sketches or whatever. Anyhow, I went, I did it, and it was with a lad called Danny McCarthy. When I met him at the time, he was involved as a curator with the uh, Clare Museum. And Danny had all the history of the various places and then we would decide which scenes we thought we would work best. So anyway, I ended up painting a whole pile of paintings of Claire, and it ended up in the Book of Clare. So the Book of Clare came out in 2003, I think it went out of commission after about 2 years it sold very well. It was kind of funny I'd go to an art class, I'd be teaching an art class and somebody would bring up my book and said they want to paint a particular scene and I'd be laughing kind of saying, you know, I painted that scene, that's my painting, you know. The book of Claire was kind of a history of Claire and it was I would kind of go to all these various places everything from Loophead to Pound the Brown is on the cover of the book actually. So that book is out of print for years and years, but it's been, it was a very good seller and I used to sell prints off of it as well. I haven't seen it, even in the secondhand bookshops you don't see it, or if you do see it, it's actually full price. They're, you know, they're, they're still looking for full price on that. Anyway, somewhere along there then, a few years ago, I got involved in, because I'm originally from Limerick, so we did this book on Discover Limerick. The reason I'm fascinated with this is my father was a, used to work in CIE, but he was a bit of a historian. He used to love reading books. Jim Kimmy used to have a magazine, still there actually, called The Old Limerick Journal. So he wrote a few articles for that, and my father was big into the history, he used to tell me the history of Limerick. So he used to have all these stories. Somehow those stories were still kind of wandering around in my head, and my brother Dominic and myself, we said, Do you know what? Why don't we put a book together? So we went off and put a book together. We actually went off and in the end we did a, it was a self-published job. We got a number of publishers interested but they wanted to change it and we didn't want it the way they wanted it. So we're probably a mistake but anyhow we ended up, we printed 1500 and sure they sold, sure, they're all gone. So they're sold quite well and there's a series of walks and it's a history of limerick and we've got series of different paintings of limerick and all that kind of thing. I think there's only a few copies of that left and I enjoyed that, that was fun they're fun you know I do a certain amount of work because you know I have to because this is how I earn my living projects like these every so often then you get these fun projects and that was a fun project because it was a kind of we were kind of commemorating our father as well you know it was kind of we were honouring our father because um, we mentioned that in the book, because it was his idea, it was his history that kind of fascinated us. And By the way, how much time do you spend up here in the studio? Well, that's the other thing I'm always fascinated with, because I used to meet artists from the art college, and they're, they're sitting around waiting for the muse, which always makes me laugh. This is my job, so I'm here... At say, well, I'm never here at nine o'clock because at 10 o'clock I'm here and I put in so many hours every day. It is like any full time job, you have to put in the time, otherwise, you will have nothing to show for it. Especially if you're doing commissions, you know, you, you have to put in the time, and people will quickly get tired if they commission you to do something and you don't have it ready at the time you said you were going to, at the date specified. So, I, somebody, if somebody commissions me to do something, I will generally tell them, I can't go at it for so many weeks or so many months because I have other stuff ahead of you. But it will be ready for such a date. If you're happy with that, grant. Some people do ring me up on a Monday looking for a picture on a Friday and I'm afraid like, they don't realise the work involved. Yes. But other people then, they know. If you want the quality, you know, this is an original, once-off work of art. It's not a copy of anything. And if you want to finish, and most of these works of art will end up being heirlooms and they'll be in families' houses for years. And, yet, well, I'd like to think that anyway. Could all end up in the skip as well, but sure, that's life, you know. But <laughs> I'd like to think, you know, that people will hang on to those because I, I, I have kind of been in occasions where I've been to... in in houses where where the person who bought the painting has died and then there's a little bit of a squabble over where the painting goes. So, you know, which member of the family wants it, that kind of thing. You know, it takes time. So I, I treat this as a business the same as any other business and if you don't put in the art, if you don't treat it in a professional manner and you don't do a professional job, you won't last very long in the business. And it's like everything art and music, fashions change, style change. So over the years, my style has changed and the needs of the customer and that kind of thing you know.
0: You mentioned Spain
1: earlier, so you get a chance to go away. but when you go away, is the artist eye following you around? Oh, I'm still looking at the light. I, if what happens to me is uh, when I'm off in Spain, like in October, I was in Alicante and I went into. Uh, we stay in a place called Torre Vieca, which is about an hour away, but we went to Alicante, the old part of Alicante, because a lot of Spain is all apartments and it's kind of boring. Anyhow, we went to this old part of old Alicante and we wandered in around there and I was talking to my wife and Caroline and I said I really have to paint something here of this because the colours the sunlight is completely different than the sunlight here like we get great colours as well but then you get a lot of grey and you have to compensate, whereas there you don't really have to compensate because it's always so bright. So I've actually painted a picture. What I tend to do is I paint a picture, I, I hang it on a wall and I leave it there for a few days, a few weeks, and then, it, and, it, and then it's only then out of the corner of my eye I might see something that I need to change. I actually have one hanging downstairs in the living room you probably didn't notice, but it was actually an acrylic painting that I started a sketch of over there and then I, when I came back here, I turned it into a painting and it's called The House with the Blue Pots because it's all blue pots with all these flowers going up steps in a very narrow alley. There's lovely light and there's lovely reflections, at least I think there is anyway. I'm working on that at the moment. The other place we tend to go to is Lanzarote, a Port del Carmen is called. There's a lot of very modern buildings there, which I have absolutely no interest. But there's a, the older part of town, there's a harbour and I have a couple of harbour scenes and boat scenes again. Unfortunately, yeah. it's all boat scenes. I just like boats. I like being on the water. As I got older, I, I was lucky enough. We managed to, we, we have a little cruiser, an old cruiser that we have a share in that we go Boating up and down the Shannon, and sure, I'm always painting little scenes of Shannon Bridge or wherever it is at loan, You know, so no
0: matter where you go, you don't actually switch off. And Caroline has to deal with that. Well, at the Car-
1: Caroline loves it because she doesn't have to talk to me, and she is one of these ladies <laughs> who can read a book in a day, kind of a thing. You know, uh, unfortunately, I take me a we... I don't have time because I well, I don't have time, and eh, I wouldn't have the interest in the way she would read because she, she she loves reading. Whereas I usually would have a sketchbook, or else I'd have my camera. Because uh, any of the scenes I paint are all, if, if I'm using photographs, they're always my own photographs, they're my own references as I call them, if I'm painting anything. What then,
0: Tomás, for the future?
1: Well, I'm going to keep painting because I'm of I'm bus passage now, as they say, so I'm a pensioner. So So I'm not really, how would you say, I'm no longer under pressure to paint the kind of work I used to do before. So now it's more of the work I want to do myself. So as I said, the Killarney one is a thing I've got in my head that I want to do. So that's ahead of me, that's one project. I have an idea for a book I'd like to do as well. Actually, I have an idea for two books, but I'm focusing on one book first. We'll see how that turns out. And there's a few other things I want to do. There's loads of things I want to do, which is great and I enjoy it. I'm not under pressure to do them. But I know myself running a business, if you put something on the long finger, it'll never be done. And if you want something done, you give it to a busy person to do it. So I'm a busy person, so I'm going to get it done. So I know I will have it done. And I set myself a target for the end of the summer. I'll be finished the Killarney project. I'm going to have all these paintings. And then I'm going to have an exhibition or do a book or something. So I will have something in the end to show people whether they sell or not doesn't matter. I know they will sell in the end because that's the type of stuff I paint. They will sell. There is a market for what I do. I have those projects and I've enjoyed doing the two books and I've, I have illustrations and lots of other books as well. So I've had pictures hanging in various councils and various offices all over the place. And that's the way I want to go, more projects like that. And I want to do more of the quirky ones, the quirky paintings as well, because I get fun. I I enjoy those and I I hope to do a few more of Ennis. Um, because any of the ones I've done of Venice, they've, they've all sold straight away, which is You're great. you are going to do a, a bendy Daniel O'Connell. Oh, a bendy Daniel <laughs> O'Connell or, or Abbey Street or whatever it is. Uh, I, yeah, I have plenty of things. Yeah. I have loads of subjects. Unfortunately, I just don't have the time to paint yeah. what I... Because I, I'm also big into set dancing and I like going set dancing. I set dance twice a week usually and I go to the, all the festivals. On a Sunday during the winter I'm doing archery. you notice my wow. archery target. The up back, yeah.
0: it's, it's very clear to me that from the days you were on the boat at Limerick to today you have never sat still once in your life.
1: Well no, I like to be moving and I, and I tend to talk a little fast because <laughs> so, I'm always thinking what's ahead. I have a list of paintings that I want to do for instance of Killarney and I think I have most of my reference photographs got but I know there's a few others I'm going to still have to do so I'll have to drive down to Killarney because I went down to Killarney to see all these various scenes and travelled around and we were climbing up and down mountains and all sorts of things and I love it I, I, you, I love life I love all the things that are ahead of me I love meeting people I love chatting to people and I, I love when I'm out painting I have no problem when I'm painting outdoors, I've, I have no problem with that. I always enjoy it because I exhibit in a gallery in a dare and I sometimes bring my paintings to a deer, and I'd have I'd be painting away in a dare and people would be hesitant about coming up to yeah. chat. and I say, I can paint away and I can chat at the same time. I quite like chatting.